0: Please be advised. We will be discussing subjects that may not be suitable for all audiences and will include subjects that some will find challenging, traumatic, or triggering. Welcome to You Don't Fight Alone, a podcast sharing the stories of those of us successfully living with mental illness and how we got there. Yeah, so my dad... uh, killed himself and then I that's kind of when it started and to cope I started drinking like a lot like every day like oh, I'm going to work I'm going to drink three or four beers and then drive to work and then on my lunch maybe I'll have a couple more beers it's fine and I did that for a really long time and that just takes a really heavy toll on your body even if you are like 20 something so uh, that was the first part my skin was deteriorating Um, And then, obviously, my mental state was was no good because alcohol uh, makes it worse in the long term. My name is Jacob. I am diagnosed chronic depression. I grew up, prepare for the pity party. So I grew up, like, super poor to the point where, like, there'd be times where I had no electricity, no water, you know cockroach infested drug house no one watches me kind of an environment um i turned out pretty well considering <laughs> so uh there's a lot of that and um looking back it caused a lot of self-esteem problems um especially with like wearing the same clothes for 6 days and smelling like shit and stuff like that um which still like i have self-conscious things it's really weird uh but Looking back, I can see like, Oh yeah, I would seclude myself and, you know, think that I'm not a good person and I shouldn't have friends and I'm a piece of shit and you know, all that kind of stuff, which I didn't identify as depression as much as I thought that's just how it was. And then, you know, you become enlightened. You're like, Oh, people don't wake up every day and hate themselves. Got it. (laughs) My parents split when I was like three. So I didn't have a lot of contact with my dad till I was a teenager. And then we tried to build like a relationship of some kind, but it was more like friends than he's my dad. Uh, just because like I'm already mostly grown and, uh, most of my experiences have been shitty. So I didn't really <laughs> consider it, but we tried. And then, um, much, much in the same way I did after his passing, um, like my whole life, he's smoked pot and there was a time where he's into like super heavy drugs when he got past it. Um, so I pot, which is whatever. Um, uh, but he went through a bad breakup with his, uh, girlfriend at the time. He'd been married several times and so on and so forth. And, uh, he would drink to excess like every day, like not like two or three beers, but like a 12 pack. And then it was just one of those times where he drank a whole bunch. He was drunk. Uh, he was avid weapons collector. He had the, the means and he had the motivation. So it's what he did. And that's why I don't own a gun. <laughs> take a 600 question personality test and I it was like easily identifying the questions to find out if I was a depressed. So I answered them falsely and they're like, you're not depressed. And I was like, okay, actually the test was what kind of turned me on to it. Um, Cause it was asking like really weird questions that were super specific to how I was feeling. And I was like, that is so weird. Like there's questions about like, do you often think about going back in time? And I was like all the time actually. And like really, really weird, very specific questions. And, like, that was the – that would turn me on to, like, that's the thought process that I need to stop in order to function. Um, so that – it did help inadvertently. Um, and then that's when I started experimenting with medication to just level me out because I would go from zero to 100. Like, the mood swings were just, like, outrageous. Like, park my car on the freeway and block your car and get out and try to get you to uh, come out and fight me. Like, that was doing that. I had no patience for bullshit. And um, it was just like, it wasn't a conscious decision where like, I'm feeling offended. I'm going to do something about it. It was just a like an involuntary, well, fuck me, no, fuck you. Like, let's do this. I don't give a shit. So... The drinking was my coping before I started the medicine. Um, And when I just like every waking moment thought about killing myself, I decided, yeah, maybe that's not normal. Uh, So then I tried to make an effort. And it's my belief that you have to want to help yourself uh, in order to overcome some of this stuff. So I applied effort and actually wanted it. And it helped a lot. And then I transitioned to couple different medications that made it worse, which was awful. Um, and then I finally found one that was like pretty level. I got off of it for a couple years, came back. I'm on it right now. Just depends. I've noticed after doing, um, a couple experiments with my eating too, like if I eat like shit, I feel like shit. Uh, and if I don't exercise, I feel like shit. And by feel like shit, I mean mentally, not necessarily physically. Um, so I have to give my body what it wants, essentially, a little exercise, some nutrition. So before I moved out here, um, I worked at a really, really stressful job with a very toxic coworker. And um, my, my only way to, like, not throw him through a wall was to go to the gym for two hours every day. And I got, like, huge, like, like strongman huge. I was, like, 260. Like all I do is go push iron for two hours every single day. Um, now I'm probably about 30 pounds lighter and it shows. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's one of those things where I don't even know if it's actually the exercise or just the ritual of not having to think about anything except for moving the weights. That helps. But either way, that uh, it's a big role. I still hate cardio. I don't do it. Pretty jovial, regardless of how I'm feeling. Okay. I think a lot of people get really good at putting on the happy face because just something you learn to do. Um, and a lot of times I deal with stress with humor. So, like, they're just like, oh, that's the funny guy. who likes to drink beers and be funny. I'm like, yeah, that's me. Um, and that's just kind of how it went for a while. But then it would get to, like, I abused ibuprofen so much that I have permanently hurt my stomach. And if I have it a lot, like I'll shit blood, like, because it just can't take it, uh, and all the drinking and stuff. So, um, it's, and then the skin thing, like under my arms, just red and raw and bleeding. And, uh, like my hands would peel and just like craziness. Um, but nobody sees that stuff. Right. Just like I dress well and I'm congenial most of the time. And, um, I think it was only those that are close to me would see like the weird stuff, or you know, there'd be times where I didn't feel like being the happy person. Leave me the fuck alone, kind of a attitude. So that was also saw by some close friends, but not a lot. And oh yeah, I also wrecked a motorcycle a couple of <laughs> that same year and separated my shoulder and stuff, and got like fifty thousand dollars in debt. That helped too. It was a rough year. I don't recommend anybody go that, try that out. Don't do that. Um, And I hate therapists because I don't believe in it. Uh, I don't believe that they care or give a shit. They just want to collect money. So I was really against going. Side effect of that was I saw a psychiatrist versus a psychologist. And the psychiatrist was like, here, pills. And I was like, oh, these work. I went because it got to the point where I had such bad insomnia that I wouldn't sleep for like weeks at a time. I was looking like Skeletor from He-Man. So I had to, <laughs> it was like, I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't remember anything. So I was like, okay. The way it worked at the time was they wanted a referral from a general practitioner. So I had to, I go there kind of like, I'm usually pretty candid. So I just kind of spit it out. And uh, she's like, oh yeah, you should probably go see the doctor about that. And then I did saw the psychologist for like a month and I hated it and I stopped going and then they recommended me to the psychiatrist, which was more my speed. So especially when I was like exercising a lot, pretty strong. So it wouldn't, like if I got upset enough, it wouldn't be uncommon. I'd flip a table over and knock some shit down that you probably think couldn't get knocked down. Um, or if I'm doing something and it's not going right, um, it's embarrassing, but I would rip something in half instead of finish it because it's pissed me off so much, uh, because I couldn't control myself. Like I'm doing, Oh, cool, cool. No, fuck, this, you know, um, and it still comes out sometimes, but not near the degree that it used to be. And I think having a, a daughter has calmed me down a lot, which is good for me. So, um, I can't act like that to her and it helps me deal with my frustration better because kids don't know. So I just hold it in and then high blood pressure and ulcers and, you know, uh, so a lot of the internalization, um, so outlets besides just getting pissed off, (laughs) I, I try to, like I've done martial arts. I go to the gym. Uh, shooting do I love cars I do car stuff I just try to um, find things that I enjoy uh, and invest some of my time into them reading which may sound weird but uh, it's you know it's escapism so I get to go live in the book world for a while and uh, video games so Uh, but I, I have to do some kind of physical activity or it just it just builds up doesn't even if it's like just walking like I just moving for me somehow just helps calm the brain down. I, I try to explain to people as like you can't help it. Just imagine the worst mood ever and there's nothing you can do about it. Like no matter sunshine or happy TV shows are gonna change how you're feeling. Not that you don't want them to, but I can't just buck up Chuck you know, and have an ice cream cone and everything's going to be fine. Um, so I've I tried to have the conversation and I, I don't think people can understand personally, at least not fully, uh, having not experienced it to some extent. It's like, imagine your grandma died and you feel like that every single day. That's the that's the best one I got. Like I took um, Selexa and uh, if I, I didn't take it, I would get these like electrical shocks, like my whole body would just go whoop, like white light. I would sweat. Um, and I called them and I was like, that's weird. And they're like, oh yeah, those are withdrawal side effects. So you should take it. Um, but it was like making me even crazier and they're like, no, you just got to keep taking it. Like, that's how it works. I'm like, yeah, okay. You're the doctor, you know? Uh, and then I just quit cold Turkey. They're like, you need to wean off of it. I'm like, No, fuck that. Uh, I was crying at my desk at work. I can't, I can't take these pills. <laughs> um, and then like, I had those electric shocks as I call them for like two weeks and then they went away the worst. And then I, I was like Googling it and that's like a side effect of coming off of it, I guess. Don't do that. i don't recommend it. I, I've always had a sense of self-loathing to a certain extent. And I, I, I didn't, no, that wasn't correct. I just thought, you know, I thought it was a self esteem problem. Um, you know, I just had, don't have low self esteem, or I don't have good self esteem. I have low self esteem, so I didn't associate that with depression until it got to the point where I didn't like myself so much that I thought it would be better if I died. And then I was like, okay, <laughs> maybe not. I haven't attempted suicide. Um, but there are several times where I just didn't give a shit. If I died, like do 150 on the freeway. I've done that zero fucks. Um, the drinking to excess, like just like that kind of stuff. I just, I didn't care. Um, if, uh, if I did something dangerous kind of a thing, um, uh, but I didn't take measures. And I, I think the reason why is probably because my dad did, and it pissed me off a lot. You know, why didn't he reach out? You know, it's like the seven steps of grieving one of them's anger i didn't have the other ones i was just upset i was obviously sad uh, but i didn't go through the denial and the stuff i was just uh, pretty much straight to like indignant about it you know like you're an adult we're finally becoming friends like you do this bullshit you leave me here you know you don't solve your own problems you just push them on everybody else all the all the stuff people try to say to people that want to kill themselves. I was, you know, I don't want to go to the gym after work, but I I go. Um, sometimes I don't, but I, ch- I have to go at least a couple times a week. Um, because I can just feel the tension. And then afterwards I'm like, okay. Um, so I just try to focus my rage or whatever you want to call it into something else. Um, and another conscious thing that, sounds silly to me. It's a psychology thing, I guess, is I I try to talk myself into, like, I have a choice to be mad. And I try to tell myself, I'm choosing not to act against this guy that just cut me off right now. And I say that to myself. I'm going to choose to have a good day. And it's like, uh, I laugh because it's, like, total, like, dime liquor store psychology book stuff, but it helps me. So I'll take it like make your life better in 10 easy steps. You're a good person. Keep it up. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. <laughs> the First thing I tell a lot of people that ask me about it because I'm pretty open about it is this, you you have to want to help yourself. And what you have to figure out, whatever that is, like, stop, stop the cycle. You know, sounds like a commercial, but that's kind of where I would go. And I I do know uh, people that are well into it and I've had these conversations and um, some of them are what I would call an ask hole. They'll ask you for advice and it just goes into a black hole. Um, And even to the point where, even though I understand, like, I just can't deal with it. Like, when they just perpetuate it and keep doing it. And it's like, here's everything you need. No, no, not for me. It's not going to work. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So it's difficult. That's, I think that's part of like my no bullshit ometer or something is because I've been there and been through it. It's like, I know what it takes. And like, this is what you need to do. I'm giving you the keys to the Ferrari. Just get in it and drive. Like, no, I'm just gonna walk. Okay, bye. I think that there's merit in talking about stuff because my wife is also my best friend. And that's why I married her. So I can talk to her about anything. Like anything. Like I had the worst poop today. Fine. Um, our waiter is cute. That's fine too. You know, like it's just we're just like that. So it even with her, and we've been together almost 10 years building the relationship to where she could just understand me as a person was very difficult. Um, And I don't know if it's the life I had or being cynical or what it is, but like, I think a certain way and uh, it doesn't make sense to some people. (laughs) So it takes a while to understand like the way I react to something is for a reason. And it took her a long time to understand the reason Jacob's upset because way the hell over here this thing that maybe no one else gets so um, but now that we have the relationship i can talk to her and it does help and she gets it and she understands like the look on my face when something happens my wife asked me why i wanted to do this um it's embarrassing admitting that you're like mentally ill and all the weird stuff that you have to go through. Um, But if someone would listen to it and it could help them maybe not kill themselves or just realize that it actually does get better, even though the saying is cliche, uh, you know, it's, it's worth sharing. It's embarrassing because it's not socially acceptable most of the time. Um, in my experience, it's always like a little reaction instead of, uh, oh no, how can we help you? Or the people that maybe in earnest are trying to help, um, recommend stuff that is just ridiculous. Like the whole vitamins thing and like, and just, and I also, I just, it's embarrassing because I don't like sharing something so personal because it always comes back to Why? And the whys are like heavy, you know, and I've shared a lot, like had not so great childhood. I had suicides in my family. I've had alcoholism in myself. I've had legal trouble. I've had uh, just so many things happen and it's not only none of your damn business, but some of it it doesn't shine the best light on my character as a person. So that's why I don't like sharing. And uh, I know who I am, but uh, people, by nature are judgmental. So sometimes sharing details like that will paint an image that is unflattering. What do you tell to someone that hates themselves to make them not hate themselves, even though all the people around them that love them already tell them that they're a great person? I don't know. Um, If I got to talk to you myself, maybe I would take myself seriously and be able to tell them like, you're not a piece of shit. You have a chemical brain imbalance. Do something about it so you don't feel like this all the time. That's it. For more information, please visit YouDon'tFightAlone.org. You Don't Fight Alone is supported in part by MLH Services, a service-disabled, veteran-owned small business. For your marketing needs, mlh-services.com. The You Don't Fight Alone podcast is a production of You Don't Fight Alone, Incorporated, produced and engineered by James Fisher and Keaton Lycum. The information presented by You Don't Fight Alone is not intended as medical advice. If you have mental health questions, please talk to a mental health professional.